Okay, Jonah, 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 chapter 1. Does God hear me? This is the, the third sermon that I've uh, been in this series, Does God Hear Me? And uh, today we're going to be really looking at the idea of living in deliverance because God wants to set us free from all kind of junk that we're going through in life. Jonah is a, one, a crazy guy, and we're going to learn about him. So follow along as I read Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amadatei. Remember from last week, we had all these crazy names. Here's what God said to, to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Whoa, have you ever done that? But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Let's stop there. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word and for the life of these men and women of the scriptures that just tell us how to live down here on this earth. We thank you for someone like Jonah who loved God but didn't really want to do what God wanted him to do. And we see how that happened, how that worked out. God, give us insight today so that our life can be changed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever been in a huge storm out on the waters? Back in the summer of 76, actually it was a month of June in 1976, I was with a friend, and we're on the Wisconsin River, and a beautiful day, sun was shining, beautiful sky, uh, the, the calm waters, everything was warm, it was sunny, it was exhilarating, we're having a great time, George and I are just having a, a, a good time. So we're just going down the river, just flowing with a curtain and rowing, you know, row boats, row, row, row your boat, and, and uh, we were just, we didn't know how far away, it didn't matter, it was a beautiful day. Then we noticed the sky started to get real dark. Uh, the wind began to blow. Um, the rain started to come. White caps were coming up on the river, and we had to row back upstream. And as we were rowing, we didn't know where we were because every little cove looked just like every other little cove. And we didn't know where we were going, how far we had to go. And we kept rowing and rowing. I'm telling you what, I was really getting scared. My hands were hurting. I'm looking at my hands. My hands are bleeding by this time because we're just rowing against the current. Kept dipping them in the water and trying to keep them cool and just keep going at it. And uh, it was a terrible time. Obviously, we made it because here I am today. Um, I, I never thought about being thrown overboard as Jonah was. Or imagine being in Lake Erie and the storm comes up, they come up really fast on Lake Erie, and, and, and the only way that you're ever going to save the, those in the boat is by saying, hey, just throw me overboard. I mean, we wouldn't think about that. That was Jonah. That was Jonah. One of the strangest stories in the Bible. Jonah was quite, quite an incredible man. Jonah loved Israel so much that he was willing to disobey God. 
Sounds kind of crazy. He loved his nation. He loved his country. He loved his people. And when God said, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah said, I don't want to do that. See, here's the problem. The Ninevites uh, they were Assyrians. Assyrians hated the Israelites, hated them to the point that they were always coming against them, fighting them. They were brutal. The prophet Nahum said that they would just basically eat the, the enemy alive. Um, they would take the enemy, looking around here, we're all older. They would take the enemy, and when they were alive, they would skin them. They were terrible people. Jonah hated the Assyrians. He didn't like the Assyrians, but God had a heart for the Assyrians. He wanted to reach out to them. He wanted to show his love and forgiveness. So he said, Jonah, go to the Assyrians. I love them. And Jonah says, no. Because Jonah knew better than God. Have you ever come across a point that, you know, we know better than God? He knew better than God. He said, I'm not going to do it, God, because he knew God. And he knew God would forgive them. And if God forgave them, that means they were still alive. And if they were still alive, they were still going to be an enemy. And he said, no, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. We get in trouble when we have that attitude. So what did Jonah do? The Bible says right here in verse number 3, Jonah ran away from the Lord. So that's the first point I want to look at today. He ran away from God. Instead of going northeast toward Nineveh, he headed due west toward Tarshish, which many say it's in the Spain area. If you do Bible study, Bible research, it's like Spain is the furthest end of the world. This is the farthest place he could possibly go. He wanted to get as far, as far away from God and God's will as he could possibly get. It's like if God would say to us, you know, go to, to, I don't know, go to England. We're heading to China. Running from God. Running from God. Have you ever tried to run away from God? Have you ever tried to run from God's will, God's plan? And if so, how'd that work out for you? Not so good. See, David said in Psalm 139, verse 7, says, where, said to God, where can I go from your spirit? He said, if I go to the heights, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. If I go east and west, you're there. He said, there's nowhere I can go to hide from God. And yet we still try to do it. Jonah tried it. It didn't work. We tried it sometimes. Believe me, it's not going to work. So you know the story of Jonah. Um, the winds, be, he got in the ship. They're heading for Spain. The winds begin to blow. The rain came down. The storm, it was actually the perfect storm. And it was just awful. And everybody's scared to death. They think they're going to die. Except for Jonah. Jonah is sound asleep in the bottom of the ship. How in the world is that possible? See, how often we have felt like running from God. We wanted to do something different than what God wanted us to do. We don't think we can. We don't think we have the ability. We don't think we have the time. And God wants us to do something. And we say, no, I'm not going to do it. I just don't. We make up any excuse you want to make. But we end up running from God. And then the storms of life begin to come our way. And we don't want to deal with it. So what do we do? Spiritually speaking, we just go to sleep. We put our spirit to sleep. We don't want to pray because if we pray, we know what God's going to say. 
We don't want to get into the Word too much because if I get in the Word, we know what the Word is going to say. So I just, I still love God, but I'm, not, I'm sure not going to pray very much. I'm sure not going to read my Bible very much. I'm sure not going to go to church very much. And we're just going to find all kinds of excuses not to do what God wants us to do because we know that God has a call, God has a plan, He has a purpose, and we just don't want to hear it. So we put ourselves to sleep spiritually, and Jonah became very spiritually numb. That's how he could sleep. But God sent a strong wind to get Jonah's attention. God will only allow us to run so far and so long without getting our attention. He's going to get our attention. He's going to wake us up someday. He's going to shake us someday. And we're going to find ourselves in a situation that we don't like. And we still have to make a choice to follow God. But God is going to use that situation to get our attention. And we need to be very thankful for that, okay? If we are running and we're at that point in life, it's really wonderful when God sends a storm because it's going to cause us to rise up and say, God, help me, although Jonah took him a long time. We find Jonah sleeping. The storm was there. He did not cry out to God. He did not ask God for help. But the sailors were scared to death. They didn't know what to do. And they knew, they just felt in their hearts, somebody's sinned, somebody's messing up with, with, with some kind of God out there. So they, they drew lots. And this is kind of a weird thing they did back in Old Testament days. And they drew lots, and everybody had a name on a lot, you know, so to speak. And, and all of a sudden, Jonah's name came up, you know, the short straw. And they went to Jonah, and they woke him up and said, What are you doing? What did you do wrong? How come you didn't call out to your God? We called out to our gods, and nothing changed. Who are you serving? He said, well, I'm a Hebrew. I serve the God Almighty. And they said, what have you done? What have you done to cause this? And you know what his response was? Jonah said, just throw me overboard. And everything will be fine. He still didn't pray. He still didn't call out on God. He was still running. He still didn't love what God wanted him to do. He still had a relationship with God, but he didn't want to hear what God had to say. He still knew that, that he still didn't ask for forgiveness. He was still running. That's what he was doing. Just throw me overboard and put me out of my misery. Have you ever felt like that? I just wish I was dead. That was Jonah. Not living in victory, not living in joy, not living in the peace of God, not understanding the love of God. He's just running away from God. His life is miserable. His life is no good. No one understands. If it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. That was Jonah. That was Jonah. He said to the sailors, just throw me overboard. And the sailors said, there's no way. We're not going to do that. So they begin to roll harder. The storm got worse. You can read it here in the scripture. And, and, and notice, due to Jonah's disobedience, it was affecting everybody around him. Because of his disobedience, everybody in that ship, their life was in danger, danger of losing it. And when we get to the point and Satan will lie to us and say to us, your decisions affect no one but you. 
That's a big fat one right there. That's a big fat lie. Our decisions affect everybody around us. And this is what we're finding right here. And so finally, the soldiers, they didn't, or the sailors, they didn't really know what they were doing. But they prayed and they said, God, don't hold this man's blood against us. They picked him up and they threw him into the sea. It's a crazy story, isn't it? And as soon as they threw Jonah into the sea, the sea calmed down. The sailors began to worship God. They didn't really understand what they were doing, but they were worshiping God. And as they were worshiping God, Jonah was drinking seawater. That's a bad day. Did you ever have a bad day? That's a bad day. God, in his mercy, in verse 17, chapter 1, the Lord provided a great fish... Is it okay if I call this great fish a whale? That won't hurt anybody's theology or, you know, you know let's just do it like we, okay, Jonah and the whale. The Lord provided a whale to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So as, as the sailors threw him into the water, this big old fish, a whale, this big old whale came up. This is a true story. This really happened. This is not mythology. And, and the interesting thing is here, we get this mixed up sometimes. He was not in the belly of a whale because of his disobedience. He was in the belly of a whale because of God's compassion. God provided a way of escape. God provided a way so that he would not drown. God provided a way to save him from himself. So God sent a whale. It's amazing what God can use to save his children, but he will. He will. You know, it seemed bad being in the belly of a whale, and it probably was pretty bad being in the belly of a whale, but it could have been worse. He could have drowned to death. So while in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights, Jonah, after three, he finally had enough after three days. This guy was stubborn, wasn't he? How long would it take you before you called out to God? Man, it wouldn't take me three days. I'm pretty sure about that. But, but he had enough after three days. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be in the belly of a whale? It'd be dark, stinky, slimy, smelly. I said stinky, smelly. Um... The acids in the stomach of that whale would be eating away his flesh. Many people, they read this story, you know, some, some people a lot smarter than me, and they said that when he came out of the whale, his skin was probably totally white, just bleached by the acids inside the stomach. That would get your attention if you were a Ninevite. Um, seaweed wrapped around his head. You would feel... The digestive system, I mean, you, got, you know, did you ever eat a pizza late night and you got, ugh? Well, that's what the whale was doing, like, ugh. And, and, and everything's turning and churning, and you get the picture? And this is what he's experiencing inside for three days. And finally he said, you know what? I've run from God long enough. I've run from God long enough. And he decided to pray. 
So the first step today is that he ran from God. The second point today, he ran to God. Look in Jonah chapter 2 now. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So that was really good. He, it's, it's like, I believe with all my heart, he always knew that God would hear him. He just didn't want to pray because he didn't want to hear what God had to say. He always knew what God would say. He always knew that God loved him. He never wondered or doubted God's love. He was just afraid to go to God because he didn't like what God was going to say. He was stubborn. He was just like us. And after three days, being in the belly of a whale, he finally prayed. But look how he prayed, chapter 2, middle of the verse, verse 1. No, the, the beginning of verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, what's that next word? His God. He prayed to the Lord, His God. Here's what gets me. He still loved God. He still had a personal relationship with God. He still knew that God was God. He still knew that He was the Lord. He still understood He was in charge. It just took Him a while. He didn't want to hear what God said, but it was God was still His God. And I just want to remind some of us that are going through some hard times, we need to be reminded that God is still your God. He is still a personal God. He's still there. He's waiting for you to call out to Him. It's very important we understand this. And then, and, then the, and then he says, in my distress, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. In my distress. Think about that for a moment. In my distress. What's distress mean? In my extreme anxiety, in my sorrow, in my pain, in my torment, in my heartbreak, when I'm going through the hardest time I've ever faced in my life, when my world is falling apart, I called to the Lord and He answered me. Have you ever felt like your world is falling apart? Man, I have. And in my distress, Jonah, Dan, in my distress, at the worst time, the lowest time of my life, I still call to my God, and my God answered me, and he heard me, and he cared, and he listened, and he knew, and he was providing a way out in my distress. Folks, that's it. In my distress, no matter what you're going through, we must learn to call out to God, because God's the answer. In my distress. Now get this, get this. At the end of my rope, when I can't hold on, when everything is, is just going bad and wrong, the end of the verse says, verse 2, from the depths of the grave. In other words, at my lowest point of my life, from the depths of the grave, when I can't get any lower, when I get to the bottom, when I thought my life was over, when I didn't know what else to do, when there was nowhere else to turn, I called to God. And what's the Bible say? He listened to my cry. He heard me. He listened to me. When everything was going wrong, I reached out to God. Finally, finally in the story, after three days, 
Jonah began to rely on what he knew to be true. And here's what Jonah knew to be true. He knew that God was still God. He knew that God was on the throne. He knew that God loved him. He knew that if he called out to God, that God would answer him. These are things he knew and he, he remembered. So, so he knew that God was still the answer to his problem. In verse number 7, I love this one word. He says, when my life was ebbing away, when, when, when I had nothing left, I remembered you, Lord. We must remember the Lord. If you don't remember the Lord, you're not going to remember what God can do for you. You're not going to remember how much he loves you. But we need to remember God's love, God's faithfulness, God's goodness. God has a plan. God has the power. He's going to set us free. And in the midst of his darkest time moment, when his life was ebbing away, he remembered the Lord. And then Jonah did three things. The Bible says right here in verse number 9, he began to sing. Well, excuse me. First of all, he prayed, but then he began to sing. He began to sing a song of thanksgiving. Folks, how do you sing inside of a whale? We taught our, our kids and grandkids, who did, who did, who did, who did, who did, swallow Jojo Dona, who did, who did, who did. How many, anybody know that song? Oh. Wes knows it. He's the only one. All right. Who did swallow Jojo Jonah? Who did? Who did? Who did? Who did? Who did? The whale did. The whale did. Folks, in our darkest time, it probably took every ounce of strength he had. How do you sing in a whale? I mean, there's junk everywhere. You open your mouth to sing, and you, it's going to get full of something. A song of thanksgiving. <coughs> Folks, we need to learn from Jonah. When times were tough, when he's at the lowest part of his life, when nobody cared, when he's all alone, I mean, he, he was all alone. And he dug deep inside of his spirit and he began to sing a song of thanksgiving. And he began to say, I know that God is alive. And I know that God loves me. And I know that God cares. And I know God is going to provide a way out. His circumstances did not change. He was still in the belly of a whale. But he began to thank God for who God was. It said he remembered God. He began to sing praises to God. And when you and I, let me just say me, when I'm going through the dumps, man, I... I I just want to complain. How about you? I want to grumble. I want to say nobody cares. Nobody understands. I'm telling you what, in the midst of this darkest, deepest, ugliest time of his life, he dug inside of his spirit and he began to sing praises unto God and he began to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Or something similar. And then in verse 9, he vowed to God that I will make good. Lord, what I said I would do, I will do. Lord, I will obey you. I will do your will. I will stop running. He vowed to the Lord. Did God hear him? That's the whole series. Does God hear me when I pray? Did God hear Jonah? When Jonah prayed, it took him three days, but when Jonah prayed, the whale came up to the shore near Nineveh, saved him a boat trip, opened his mouth, 
in the Bible. This is kind of cool here. Verse 10, you gotta, you got to just get the humor of God. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah unto dry land. That's deliverance. Imagine what he looked like, smelled like. And, and you know what? God set him free, though. God will set you free. He will set you free if we just trust him. That's called deliverance. That's called forgiveness. That's called a fresh start. That's God's mercy upon Jonah's life and upon the people that Jonah was going to share God's love with. That's, that's called mercy. And then Jonah ran with God. And in chapter 3, Jonah obeyed. And long story short, Jonah obeyed. Nineveh repented. God forgave them. And I'm going to just stop the story there because the end of it's not all that great. I mean, he obeyed God with a really bad attitude. Did you ever do that? Okay, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do, but I'm not going to like it, and I'm going to make sure everybody around me knows I don't like it, but I'm going to do it because I said I would. It's a wonder God didn't strike him dead. Folks, here's how we have to apply God's Word today. What does your storm look like? His storm was caused from disobedience. Your storm might be health. Your storm might be finances. Your storm might be relationships. What does your storm look like? But here's what we need to learn from this story. That God is waiting for us to cry out to him. And in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help and you listened to me. And folks, sometimes we get so caught up in our storm that we, we just don't take the time to pray or we don't want to pray or we don't feel like praying. But that's what God is waiting for. And God is waiting for some of us with a heavy heart to say, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like my life. This situation is bigger than what I can face. And God, you got to help me. If you don't help me, I'm going to die. And God is waiting to help us in our time of storm. We need to remember who God is and what God can do. And if you are running from God, no more running. Because it won't get better in your life until you surrender to God. It will not get better. It's only going to get worse. Because God loves you. So I say, let's run to God today. So let me ask a question. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Are you running from God? Has God asked you to do something and you just haven't done it? And you're making excuses. Well, I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have time. I got family. I got this. I got that. I don't know. And you're running from God. And your life's kind of miserable. And you want to stop that today.
I know that I'm asking a big thing of you. And some of you are saying, Pastor, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. I'm going to ask if that's you. I want you to stand up and say, God, I'm tired of running. Tired of it. Awesome. How many of you are going through a storm in your life and it's just, life right now is just ugly and you're hurting and you're suffering and you need God to help you in your time of storm? I'd like you to stand. I want to pray for you. Wes, I need you to come back. Jesus loves me, this I know. I want you to look around, folks. These are your brothers and sisters, and they love God. Jonah always loved God. He cried out to the Lord, his God. If someone is standing near you, would you go to them right now, and we're going to pray. Just surround them with love and support. Heavenly Father, today we pray for our brothers and our sisters. Today, Lord, we're asking that you will pour out your love. That you will send a way of escape. That they write today as they cry out to the Lord their God that they know that God loves them, that God cares. So now, Lord, we pray that they would experience that. We ask that you would put your arms around them and hold them tight. Lord, we pray you would find a way of deliverance, that you would set them free as they cry out to you, as they call out, God, help me, God, save me. God, I'm tired of running. I would do what you have called me to do. For those that are in a storm because of relationships, a storm based on finances, Lord, we ask that you would just help them and hold them and let them be reminded of the goodness of God. Lord, I ask that you would touch them today. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Let them know how much you love them. And we thank you. And we expect it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com That's www dot firstagonline dot com